found us. More podcast where we want you to know God more deeply. Find lasting freedom, discover your destiny and make an eternal difference. Now. can't believe it's already happening. We're already here for another week of uh, more podcasts. Welcome this week to our podcast. Uh, the more podcast is now fortified with more vitamins and nutrition this summer that you need to make your spiritual health even better. Just one weekly helping added to your current media diet and you'll feel like a million gospel bucks. Just ask any of our current subscribers that you see on Sunday. Well, here to help me with your weekly dose of more goodness, the only guy I know who wants for Christmas a McCafe machine for McDonald's, Pastor Gary. Oh, absolutely. That would be awesome. Wouldn't that be so cool to have one yeah. in your house? Yeah. And my co-host, <laughs> the human pretzel himself, Mr. <laughs> Flexibility, Pastor Alex Norco, yes. 1,000 milligrams. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Thank you. Uh, better living through medicine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's talking about I uh, somehow blew on my back picking up a tool. And it started a whole chain reaction of me. Basically, now I'm walking around with a cane. But, uh, you know, God's working on it, right? Yeah, because we, we just had the healing service. We had the healing service. I wasn't, I wasn't able to be there. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, somebody in our, our church uh, had me connect with somebody that's going to help me start working on a, um, rehabilitation. So Nice. I'm just praising God for people in our church that are so helpful. For the back or the Norco? <laughs> Both, really. You know, uh, you know it's kind of funny because I, I had to take one before I got up here because of walking the steps up. Yep. So we're going to see what happens with this podcast. Okay. <laughs> it might go a little uh, off uh, off script here. Um, so how's your week been going? I know you've been really busy going on, and I think you should give a plug <laughs> to all the people in our church that they should, uh, that you, got, you need help. Yeah, so um, one of our men um, uh, has taken a new position in a in a new company, and that's super awesome. And uh, yeah, oh, so yeah. we're kind of filling in the blanks here with the uh, facilities director role. And, well, let me uh, let me just stop you there. Mm -hmm. It's not the we; it's you and Lisa K that are filling in the gap right now. We we are, yeah. and uh, so we've been working super hard. We've been starting at five a.m. every morning. Yeah. And, oh my gosh. Uh, and I finished. Uh, not last night, but the night before, I finished up at twelve thirty a.m. So we're doing about nineteen and a half hours oh a day. Oh my goodness! And, yeah. Uh, so, but we're killing it, doing good things. Uh, a lot of things are getting accomplished. I got a great team around me, yeah. and uh, so, yeah, we just had a week where we we had the uh, perfect storm. So you were out with your back. Yeah. Pastor Amy was in Alaska. Uh, one of our custodial crew, Beth, was in Alaska. Um, Pastor Matt's in uh, Montana. Um, Alan took a new position yeah. and, uh, so we had five staff members. What, what else could go wrong? I know. So, yeah. Yeah. So Lisa Kay and I were juggling a lot of, uh, duties and so, but God's been good. We've I, been getting a lot done. I'm just going to put it out there. Okay. I mean, I think it's awesome that we have a pastor and his wife that are willing to, uh, step up to the plate and do this kind of stuff when nobody really knows about it, because I don't think anybody really knows Lisa Kay definitely is yeah. doing stuff around here, but the place is getting clean because she's cleaning it. Yep. So I, I want to give a challenge to our podcast listeners, find a way this Sunday to show some love to Pastor Gary and, and Lisa Kay. Uh, Pastor Gary likes maple syrup and Lisa Kay likes yeah. anything that has to do with planting yep. or whatever. She likes gardening and she likes mushrooms too. Yeah. yeah. Mushroom merch. Yeah. She likes that red mushroom with the white dots yeah. on it. That's her favorite. I think we should just kind of like show them our love uh, for them stepping up the plate because uh, they didn't have to do it. They could just let this whole place go, uh, go to heck, you know, if, uh, yeah. you know, if they needed to, cause they're so busy with other things. So I think we should uh, definitely show them our love this week. Um, but you know, we did, you know, we do have Brian and Anna Lee still on the team doing great. I mean, yeah, just yeah. fabulous. And, uh, of course, Beth is back now. And so, you know, we're getting back to full force. Yeah. Um, 
And so it's all going to be good. And I do have uh, some interviews uh, oh, yeah. tomorrow for filling that position. And we've got three wonderful candidates. And so um, we'll be, hopefully, we can see light at the end of the tunnel. Is there a chance that we can hire somebody like the the groundskeeper from, is it Caddyshack? Uh, yeah. Remember Bill, Bill Murray? Yeah. yeah, Bill Murray. Yeah. I think that would be an amazing <laughs> hire right there. It would. It would It'd be so much fun for the staff. It'd be the Cinderella story. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so... Interesting enough, we have uh, some weddings coming up. You have uh, Annalie and John. John. They're mm-hmm. getting married. Mm-hmm. And did you hear what I got myself into? I did. And I've never heard of this before. So, yeah, um, I mean, I've done pre-marriage counseling in this way, but yeah. I've not done an actual wedding this way. So, uh, yeah, the, the the couple that I'm marrying is Mark Claire's uh, daughter and her husband, Garrett. And they want really badly to have a pastor do the wedding. Well, they went around to all the pastors in the area. And they're like, if you don't come to our church, we're not going to do the wedding. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm one of those kind of guys that I want to make it kosher before God. And I'm like, let's do it. Yep. And uh, I'm just so excited about this. So, But the thing we're doing is we're doing a Zoom wedding. Okay. So Zoom I'll wedding. be, I'll be half, half of me will be dressed up and the other half will be in pajamas. Okay. There we and go. Be- <laughs> Returning back to COVID days. Yeah, right. I know. So it'll be interesting. So that's happening on, on the radar. I don't know. You know, I just. So a Zoom wedding. Zoom wedding. Yeah. It's the first. Okay. It is a first for me. Yeah, I've never done a Zoom wedding before, okay. so we'll see how it goes. Um, so that's going on in Harbor Light, but we got all these different things. The prayer room is still moving ahead. We're almost yep. we're almost done, right? Uh, well, they're getting ready to hang drywall, and once you hang the drywall and all that, and then it really starts looking like it's coming together. Yeah, drywall, door, and carpeting will make the place look amazing. So waterfront, yeah. waterfront construction. Oh, that's doing, who's been doing it. Yeah, they're doing great. I I, uh, I was trying to remember back in the day, I was telling Amy about when I used to be a teenager that would, you know, would go in there and pray. Mm-hmm. I felt like the ceilings were like 90 feet tall. Yeah. It's not going to be that high anymore, right? You're, yes, you brought so it's down, still, oh, it's going to go bring it back up to the original height. Yep. We just have a big beam going across there. That's a big beam. I love yeah, that. Like, yeah. It, it's like the biggest beam ever. Right. Uh, and we didn't have to have one before. No, because there was a wall. So that room is now twice as big as it used to oh, be. Oh, really? It actually only used to be half that size. Can you imagine praying yeah. in a room that small with a number of people? We had 24-hour prayer vigils in there, yeah. all kinds of stuff. And so I can't imagine. It was just so small. Now it'll be twice as big. And so it had a load-bearing wall. Yeah. That's why we had to put in the beam. But, I remember bringing all the praise team in there to pray, usually before yeah, service. Yeah. And uh, it was with uh, Dave Moody was the first one I started working with. Yep. And fitting everybody in there, we were being a little tight circle, right. you know, in that room and yep. praying and it was a good time, but I'm glad that's coming back. That's a, that's definitely a legacy room for this church, you know, yeah, for sure. And I'm really excited that we're doing that room first in our entire remodel. Yeah. Uh, we're setting the groundwork down with the foundation and the spiritual foundation with prayer. And so that's really awesome. I think it is. I think yeah. it's going to be exciting and I hope people definitely utilize it. Mm-hmm. And I know you're, you're going to be adding some little perks that are different in the yep. room than have been before, which would sure. be nice. And yep. So, um, yeah, because I remember there was like one iridescent light that was in there before. <laughs> Almost like yeah. the one light bulb hanging down yeah, in no, the center of the room, right? Yeah. <laughs> it was so dark in there. But, yeah, that's why you would pray so well because you didn't look at the other person you're praying with. Yeah. All right. Well, um, we've got some interesting summer conversations for you to bring to the table again this uh, this weekend or whenever you have a chance to listen to the podcast, things that we want you to, uh, you know, feel like you have a say in a conversation to get people involved, you know, because one of the things that we like to do is spend time with family. Mm-hmm. And if you're like me being this uh, Uber introvert, I don't know what to say half the time. So it's nice when I have a, something I could bring up, you know, okay. and at least start the conversation. I'm not like you. I mean, you basically are like my wife. You can talk to anybody mm-hmm. and you always have something to say. 
I'm not like that. Yeah. I just like to focus on the other person. So whatever's going on with them, that's what I talk about. And then they love to talk about themselves and it's all set. And I just sit and listen. But you also have a bazillion stories. I do. Yeah, I do. And so that's, that's helpful that you have all those stories that you can bring up because you always seem to have the right story for the right situation. I don't. Okay. I, I have to time. Don't even know what my last name is. So <laughs> it's, it's good to have that. Norco. Yes, Norco. Yeah. Uh, so our summer conversations, these are some uh, articles that I pull from the headlines and you're probably wondering where I get these all the time. Well, because I'm connected. I'm yeah. always reading the news. Patrick mm-hmm. Gary knows that I'm, I like to read. Mm-hmm. So I'm always reading the news. And so I'm looking at things. And so I always seem to find the weirdest things that will be a good conversation starters. Okay. So the first one that I wanted to uh, bring up, which is interesting is that, uh, there's an Ernest Hemingway competition that's happening in Florida this weekend. Did you know that? I did not know that. Now, if you don't know who Ernest Hemingway is, he's the one that wrote The Old Man in the Sea and mm-hmm. a bunch of other books. Mm-hmm. Um, some of our uh, English teachers right now are kind of cringing because I don't remember the titles, but sorry, Kate Britton, if you're listening. Uh, <laughs> like one of the most uh, famous American authors. Right? And he has some connection to Northern Michigan. Right. Uh, apparently, there's a cabin or something that he stayed in or owned. Or, Charlevoix, um, yeah. right, right downtown Petoskey. He frequented a uh, restaurant oh, there. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah, I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so it's, it's amazing. Well, anyways, this Hemingway contest, is that they bring together a bunch of old men that look somehow like him in some way. They have the famous white beard and the whole hat and everything look. And so if you look like Ernest Hemingway, then there's a summer activity for you if you want to get down to Florida. Uh, You could right now be joining over 140 elderly men that have signed up with white beards as they try to prove to an audience of nearsighted seniors that they look like the real deal. Wow. And it's, it's hilarious because this is totally one of those retirement competitions, right? Okay. Like, it's, you know, you go down to Florida to, to golf, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, this is a competition that apparently they, they do for a bunch of retirees in that area. So wow. it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'd ever I'd have passed, but, uh, you know, I was looking at some of the pictures of some of the previous winners, and they actually do look a lot like the guy. Mm-hmm. So I don't know, you know, it was a doppelganger, a lot of those. Uh, another one that's interesting is that uh, just when you thought we lived in America, in Reno, Nevada... Uh, they revoked the license plate that was meant to drive away Californians uh, from coming into the state. Okay. Apparently, there's a mass exodus from California yes. to go to Nevada. And Florida and, and everywhere, everywhere else. Everywhere else is not not <laughs> Just, a Democratic state. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and so what they did is they somebody petitioned for you know a personalized license plate. Okay. And the license plate is G-O-B-K-2-C-A which is short for go back to California. (laughs) So, uh, and and apparently they submitted it and it was all approved. And then the motor vehicle administration of Nevada said, no, this is hate speech. And so they, no way they revoked it. Yes. They revoked it. And this is on uh, KOLO TV. They reported this. And so the vehicle owner had to, he's appealing for it because he doesn't think it's right that they should, you know, take his right away to have a personalized license plate. Uh, but he wants to get it on there. And then the funny part is, is that apparently in Nevada, if you get one in there, then other people can copy it just by just changing a little bit of the sure. the wording or whatever. But uh, so it's it's interesting. They don't want that on the record as being a possibility for anybody to get. Mm. So, yeah. So the administrative code basically said they were calling it because it's defamatory and it's hate speech, according to them. Go back to California. I don't know what the deal is. Uh, you know, I was uh, reading an article about that uh, U-Haul. Okay. reported from California that they have more trucks being rented to leave the state than they do have people coming into the state. Okay. And I was like, really? And there, people are moving out of there by the droves. Yeah. Who wants to go get taxed 30%? Oh my gosh. Yeah. Do you know that if you die there, they tax you. If you try to leave the state, they tax you to leave the state. Really? There is a leave California tax. Are you kidding me? I am not. T- 
Well, you know, my, my oldest, he just got re restationed in San Francisco. Oh, I didn't know that. And so, uh, he's like all excited about it. And then I'm like sitting with him. And I'm like, you haven't been watching the news much because you know, they don't, they try not to be biased about a thing, you know, anything. And I said, you know, uh, you know, the taxes there are terrible. Mm-hmm. And he's like, yeah, I've been hearing about it. And so he's going to stay on base because it's actually cheaper to live on base than it is to go anywhere else. Oh, absolutely. But, uh, he's like, yeah, I was just talking to somebody that lived there and, and they can't even afford on their payroll to go live at any apartment in that area. So it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a, that's a big one. So if you're looking to, to uh, get a, a special uh, license plate, maybe you can try it in America or yeah. in Michigan. Yeah. See if it works here. Uh, and then the last one, this is a, this is the best one I found. Library fees are huge for this book. Okay. Uh, I guess on February 14th, 1904, someone uh, who was curious about the emerging possibilities of the key force of, of electricity uh, rented a book called the Elementary Treaties on Electricity, uh, and they rented it from the New Bedford Free Public Library in 1904. Okay. And it was just returned this year. So it's a 119-year-old book that's been out. Okay. And apparently, uh, oh, it's in West, Virgi- West Virginia where it's at. Um, this was actually taken out a year after Thomas Edison introduced light bulb. Okay. So it's kind of got some historical context. Sure. But the lady who uh, got the, the library and they got the book back sent to her has no name on the box or anything. Cause apparently they don't want to be charged for, for late the fees. late yeah, fees, right? 119 years. Uh, but they said that, yeah, it was in good condition. It was a great looking book. Uh, but she couldn't believe that it had been out that long and nobody returned it. Apparently what happened, the person who did send a little, little note in there, that was anonymous. So they found it at a, at a garage sale. Okay. Somebody put it in the garage sale. Uh-huh. And the reason why she knew it hasn't been returned is there's apparently a stamp that had to be in there. Right. Was not in there. So the due date had never been, or the return date had never been stamped. Okay. And so you got a 119 year old book coming in there. I just, you might as well just keep it by now. I mean, I don't, you know, 119 year old book. I mean, like anybody's going to really care about that, that report now, you know, yeah. like we could have light bulbs at some point, And apparently <laughs> we did, you know, obviously. I wonder so, it's a really good, it's a really good question. You know, should we, you know, do we, do we have books that kind of go out of, you know, print because they're not yeah. appliable anymore? I mean, if I think so. if they're like predicting that we'll have a light bulb and here we are 119 years later. We obviously have light bulbs. Yeah. So do we just make more room on the shelf by getting rid of that one or what do we do? <laughs> I don't know. You know, I'm thinking maybe you should go into a museum or something, but yeah. they're going to put it back on the shelf. Um, I do want to bring up this though. Yeah. This is an interesting fact. You can add to that story okay. that there is a light bulb in a firehouse and I can't remember exactly the location, but oh, it's yeah. over a hundred years old. Yeah. The light bulb is still, still, you you know, it's still flickering. It's yep. still working. It's super dim, but it is still going at over a hundred years. Yeah. Old. I heard about that. Yeah. And um, they actually, um, a number of years ago, the power went out and the bulb almost quit working. Really? Yeah. Um, but so that now it has its own backup generator to keep power going to really? this one light bulb. Yeah. That is so weird. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I've heard that story. And, and the, the firehouse is like really particular. And, and actually, I think uh, I think they have a webcam on it. Like yeah. You can look yeah. on, uh, you know, on the internet and look at it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, if you've got nothing else to do during the night and you're just trying to find it a way to be popular to in England, I can tell you that. Yeah. The BBC, they love shows like that. <laughs> you know, in England, definitely, with all the sports that they brought up, you yeah. know, since the last time. You know, it's funny because I've ever watched the BBC. Yeah, they, oh, yeah. They got like uh, 16 different actors for the entire. Yeah. That's it. If you ever watch a BBC, it's going to be one of those 16 actors yep. will be the lead role. <laughs> I know. It's, yeah, BBC is great. I, I like to watch a lot of their old uh, comedy from the 70s and early 80s. Okay. Um, because they had no 
no qualms whatsoever about talking about Nazis and, mm-hmm. and they make fun of them and they make fun of that whole thing. Sure. So I watch it and I'm like, you know, it's, it's hilarious. You know, some of the stuff they do yep. it makes some of our TV look kind of calm and tame, but, um, it, yeah, it kind of messes with you when you watch a BBC show because then, or a movie, because you're like, Hey, is, wasn't that guy in the last three different shows that I just watched? Right. What character am I looking at here? It's the same, same person guy. in all the lead roles in all of these different movies and shows. How it long was really it? Confusing. Speaking about BBC, how long was it before you actually heard Mr. Bean's voice? Uh, yeah, a number of years, right? Yeah. He would make sounds, but. Yeah, never, never make sounds and never do anything. I, right. I watched an actual interview with him and I'm like, that voice is not fit. Right. What I thought he was going to sound like. Roland Atchison or something is his yeah, name, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I um, <laughs> The first one I ever saw, is uh, it was a little short yeah. uh, clip, and he was uh, late for work. Okay. And so he's getting dressed in the car while he's on his way to work. Yeah. And I, I almost wet myself. I was laughing so hard. Yeah. And he's brushing his teeth, and he sticks his head out the window and then hits the windshield wiper <laughs> stuff, and it was just great. And then he spits, and then the spit goes right in somebody that was... <sighs> bent over next to the road with a plumber's crack and it just it goes right in there. <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah. That guy is, that guy is so funny. Yeah. Um, there's a, a video that we watched, I think it was on Netflix or something where it's a movie of his where he's a spy. Yeah. I seen it. Yeah. And I was like watching <laughs> it and I'm thinking this is going to be just dumb. And I was laughing so hard by the end yeah. of it. It's yeah. just so funny. He's just so good. A uh, rat race. He's in a rat race yeah. too, the new one. Yeah. yeah. And that's really funny. And you hear his voice in there. Okay. He has a narcoleptic. Just that, it's just good slapstick. Yeah. Humor and yeah. Well, you know, a lot of humor nowadays is just so vulgar. Yeah. Vulgar yeah. and yeah. Always has some into window there. Yeah. And it's nice once in a while. I think that's one thing with BBC is that mm-hmm. a lot of times their, their humor is mm-hmm. obvious and slapstick and you know, yeah. whatever. But yeah, I mean, uh, you know, you talk about, uh, getting back to this idea of library books. Um, the library said that the last time they had a book that late was just a few years ago and it was only 15 years old. So this is the oldest wow. book in America returned okay well something to think about there yeah so if you ever want to get this out it is called the uh maybe you can find it in your local library it is i'm looking up for the name here it's the treaty it's a an elementary treatise on electricity and this book was produced just before edison came out with the light bulb okay and it was basically touting the fact that electricity could change our future which we all have seen it happen so that's just a little something to uh you know sit around the barbecue with and mm-hmm. if you're on pastor gary's boat and you're having pizza yeah you can say hey did you hear this story about blah 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 that's what we do here. Uh-huh. That's what more podcasts is here on this planet to yep, do. Yeah, we're here to equip you for right. good boating conversation. <laughs> we want to give you spiritual, but we also want to give you stuff to talk about besides that. Yeah. All right, we're going to take an identity break. We'll be right back. The Damside Inn is an historic restaurant located in Pelston, Michigan. Nestled next to the North's most scenic majesty, it offers a picturesque setting and a charming ambiance. The restaurant serves a delicious array of old country dining with its rustic charm and scenic surroundings. Making the Damside Inn at 6705 Woodland Road, Pelston, your next stop to make memories as a family for generations to come. The Damside Inn. That's our new sponsor. Yeah, that was great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn sight. And I got to talk to them and they sent us some swag to, to give away some t-shirts and sweatshirts. Nice. Uh, the only problem is, is that uh, I was looking through it because every now and then I like to look to see if they have any fat man sizes. Okay. They're not. They're all like, you know, large, 
okay. mediums. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we'll give them away and you can give them to your kids or something. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's get ready for our Rapture Ready News. Get Rapture Ready with your favorite host today, Pastor Gary and Pastor Alex Norton, as they come to you with information that you need to make it through the times coming ahead and more. You've been listening to the jazz music here. Yeah, Rapture Ready News. Uh, well, we got an interesting story that just popped up on the on the media. Uh, this just blows my ever-loving mind. When I listen to this heading, I'm, I, I'm sure you're going to get outraged, so try to calm yourself down, okay. Pastor Gary. Right now. Uh, the Virginia Democrat plans uh, a bill to charge parents who do not affirm their child's gender identity. Uh, this gateway pundit, Margaret Flavin, is uh, trying to push through uh, a bill to say that it's illegal for your parents to not call your child a boy when they're a girl or not to identify them as whatever they think they are. Uh, Radical progressive Virginia Democrat Delegate Elizabeth Guzman uh, announced plans to introduce a bill in Virginia legislators to Virginia Virginia legislators where parents could face a felony or a misdemeanor charge if they do not affirm their child's sexual orientation and or gender identity. According to her website, Elizabeth was inspired by Bernie Sanders' uh, call for everyday people to run for office, a decision that was uh, cemented when Hillary Clinton lost and Elizabeth's uh, nine-year-old son said that the family had to return to Peru because Donald Trump doesn't like people who speak Spanish. Wow. Okay. Can you, uh, really, I just, can I just, ah, you know, like what else are we going to try to do here? Parents now can be taken to jail or, you know, get a felony or a misdemeanor crime that, you know, if we don't identify, or we don't tell our kids they identify as whatever they identify as. Per, what is going on? Yeah, per day, you know, that can change per day. Yeah. Per hour. Um, yep. We are seeing, we're seeing the erosion of the family. Yes. Um, at an epic, you know, rate. And I'll just say that, you know, we're, we're very proud of the family that we have here at Harbor Light and yeah. the fact that we're going to, you know, stand alongside parents, even if their children are struggling, which we've had, you know, we've had parents that have struggled with their children and we're just going to continue to stand with them. And, uh, you know, God knows what he's doing when he created us and gave us our, our gender. I, I think that it's interesting that, you know, one of the things that Jesus talked about is that when he, when we start following him or the kingdom becomes evident in the world, which it did when he came on the scene, mm-hmm. that he was going to cause division. There was going to be division and morality, ethics, worldviews, all those things. And it's really sad to see that coming about in our lifetime mm-hmm. where we have families that are going to have to, to deal with this head on. Mm-hmm. Where we have families that are going to have to say, listen, my kid is a boy. Mm-hmm. He was born a boy. Genetically, he's a boy. I'm not going to call him a girl mm-hmm. just because somebody in the school influenced him to think that way. Right. Uh, those kind of things are going to be uh, issues that we're going to face. I, you know what? I, I tell my wife all the time, I'm so glad that my kids are the age they are right now. Mm-hmm. But I feel so bad for them that they're going to have to defend themselves in these situations because, you know, our culture is not a geo culture anymore. It's not uh, following after any um, ideas of, of the gospel. Um, it just seems like we've kind of thrown those all out of the country, and now we're just doing whatever. Mm-hmm. And you have people that uh, make well-meaning arguments, right? I mean, if you listen to the last part of that, she's basically trying to uh, strum on the heartstrings of people saying, well, you know, Trump, in this case, didn't want people that spoke uh, Spanish to live in the country, which is 
not true at all. Correct. But, you know, those are the kind of arguments they're bringing up. Like these things like, do you want your child to live in a world where they don't feel loved or, you know, that is not the point at all. I mean, we're talking about basic truth that is evident to science. Science is not refuting this at all. You don't see any scientist stepping up the plate saying, you know what, she's got a point. You know, um, it's, it's just ridiculous. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous this is going on. Yeah. And I think it's definitely going to be a battle for us as, as believers to make those stands. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, like you've mentioned before from the podium, that we're going to have to put, we're going to have to be the stopgap. We're going to have to say the things, and sometimes we're not going to be popular. Right. And I think it's been proven out because, I mean, uh, somebody was showing me on Facebook, people talk about our church, mm-hmm. like we're, we're too black and white. We don't, you mm-hmm. know, we don't love people that are of those kind of uh, viewpoints and all this other stuff. And I think it's just... Yeah. Just ridiculous. You remember yesterday at the staff meeting, I made a point of saying, listen, we we care about people. Yeah. We care about people. Yeah. We're not going to condone, you know, things that don't line up with God's word. Right. We, we do care about people. Yeah. And we care about people who are struggling with this this new little phenomenon that's going on. Yeah. We still care about them. Yeah. We're just, we care about them and respect them enough to stay with, you know, the gender that God chose for them. That's right. And, you, you know, you want to talk about people saying that, uh, you know, we're science deniers. I mean, this is literally denying science. Mm-hmm. There's no proof in anything else. Right. Uh, but they're going to keep, you know, hitting this home over and over again until somebody, you know, says, oh, okay, maybe there is something here to talk about. So, so you know, people that are struggling with this particular area, of course, we have medications and drugs now mm-hmm. to be able to block puberty or to reverse or to introduce the hormones that would go with the other gender. Um, and, and you might be able to see some type of a change inside the human that goes through this, but on the cellular level, there's still male and female cells at every level of your body and you can't change those. Yeah. What was it? uh, What was it last year? Miss universe was not actually a miss universe. It was a man that won. I didn't know that. Yeah. The, the, the lady who owned or the, the man who owns the rights to the universe competition, Miss universe competition is, is a woman, is a man. Okay. And so she, apparently is rich enough to own it. Mm-hmm. And so apparently somehow, you know, it's a mysterious, it's a mystery to the rest of us, how a man won the competition, but a man won the competition okay. who opposes a woman. Um, and her whole platform is that we need to show equality to everybody, but it's that kind of stuff that's driving me nuts. You see that happening all over the place. Mm-hmm. Uh, job experiences. I know that there's a, there's a business in town here that has a couple that are transgender or changing mm-hmm. and um, somebody that works there. So they can't, they can't ever bring it up or talk about it. They can't acknowledge the fact that there's obviously a difference that's happening with this person. Mm-hmm. And it's a, it's a man going changing into a woman. And it's just like, you gotta be kidding me. You know, we, we have to be quiet. We can't say anything because we want to, you know, hurt their feelings or, you know, seem like we're, we don't want to, we don't want to care about people. But the truth is, you have to go through a lot to get to that point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, psychologists are proving over and over again, that's not a good thing. Right. Because people that, that transition don't find what they're looking for. They don't find that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow thinking that, okay, now that I've done this, everything's better. You know, there's a reason why they're still fighting for their rights mm-hmm. because they realize that nobody really agrees with it. And even though you do get to that point, people don't see it as, as a plus. Mm-hmm. They see it as a negative and it's, it's not a good thing. I don't know. I, I'm just, sometimes I just want to scream. And just say, are, are, where, where am I living at right now? Mm-hmm. What is going on? Mm-hmm. I mean, with all the other things that we could be dealing with, like food shortages, you know, mm-hmm. all these different things that we're doing, oil prices. I mean, come on, mm-hmm. forget about all this stuff. Let's 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 uh, make the gas pump go to a little bit lower. Did you see the prices this week? I did not. Uh, it jumped up to three sixty nine again. Okay. And uh, do you notice that overnight it will change down 
And then all of a sudden through the middle of the day, it hikes another 10, 10 cents again. <laughs> I didn't it's ridiculous. Anyways. Well, we're going to take an ID break. We'll be right back. Hey, don't worry. More podcasts will be back in just a second. Well, we are here at our Harper Light Bible Trivia, and this is the big day that we've all been waiting for. The end dun, of the dun, month dun. drawing. End of, end of the month drawing. The swag giveaway. And this time, you have a choice. Okay. You can get either the podcast uh, speaker box that we have, yep. or you can get a Toby Mac CD that I picked up at Life Fest. I remember that. With a picture framed with a special photo of Toby Mac that you can't get anywhere else. Okay. It was taken by a pro which happens to be my son. And uh, it's, I've got this, and you will never find this photo anywhere else because it's only, mm-hmm. you know, it was only taken at Life Fest. Okay. So those are the two prizes you got. But last week, we had people uh, bringing in the uh, the question with uh, them saying the word. Yes. And um, I'm trying to get this up here real quick. My Do you phone. remember what it was? Uh, ifafa. Ifafatha. Ifafatha. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, I've got, I'm trying to find where I found it on here. I had somebody send me the the link on this. Uh, well, I can't get it. My phone, you know. Listen, I, I had people send it in, uh-huh. and then you know how you know, Joe over here is like, it's so easy. Just do a, a voice memo, and then you yeah. just pick it up and put it in your phone. My phone, I couldn't get it to transfer over to a file so that I could just play oh, it. Oh, right. And so it kept it would play it in that that text, but then it wouldn't play it up. Okay. But we had some. Everybody answered it. And pronounced it pretty well. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nice. It was actually nice. really well. Okay. Um, I don't know if they had help from Google or what, but ifafatha. Ifafatha. And yeah. uh, what does that mean? Good, it means be open. Okay. And um, what was kind of crazy is on Sunday morning, I, I was able to pull that one off, but I messed up my two other Greek words. Oh, uh, yeah. In the second service, I could. I, I just totally botched them. They're tongue twisters. They were. Yeah. Um, Therapeo was one. Therapeo was the, yeah. the one. And then the other one was eo. E-A-O-M-I. E-O- okay. E-A-O-M-I. That's hard to say. Yeah. And yeah. You know, and I'll tell you that, you know, Pastor Gary and I, when we study for a sermon, we always do obviously look at the original language, trying to yep. understand the meaning and the depth, mm-hmm. but uh, it's not easy. And this word that we used is actually an Aramaic word, mm-hmm. which Jesus was using because it was the slang of the day. It was the the, the language that everybody used mm-hmm. around Galilee. Mm-hmm. So it's a little out of context that Mark would use uh, an Aramaic word instead of a Greek word, but... I had a little pastoral moment up yeah. there. So the, the context is that Jesus uh, grabs the guy, yeah, and he looks up into heaven, and then it says with a deep yeah. sigh, <laughs> and the actual other word is a deep groan, yeah. And then you go to Romans chapter eight twenty six that says when we groan these words in tongues, yeah. So I made the little <laughs> kind of slight little joke in there that Jesus was speaking in tongues when he did the he was, yeah. <laughs> he was like, oh my gosh, really. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I'd like, I tend to think that Jesus sometimes had some fun. He did. Yeah. And, mm-hmm. and then the groan was probably like, oh, here we go. But Jesus, and we see through the whole story that's there in, in Mark chapter seven that, uh, you know, Jesus was actually doing this. He was making a statement, but yep. Yep. the truth is, you know, uh, sometimes that could be a little taxing. I mean, if you're walking around and every five seconds, somebody's like, can you heal me? Can right. you heal me? Yeah. Can you, you know? imagine? I can't imagine. I, I can't either. I mean, I would be like, you know, Bruce Almighty. I would get on the computer and say, everybody's healed right now. Boom, <laughs> click. But Jesus, uh, you know, he had a purpose in a way that he was doing things. But most people got, got the answer correct. Got the answer correct. Right. I, I'm just really, uh, really happy that everybody tried tried it. And I apologize that I can't play them on the yeah. air because... Oh, shucks. It, you know, you're talking to somebody that's not technologically savvy. Mm-hmm. I don't even really know 
how half the time I figure out what I figure out. Okay. It just happens. And uh, so anyways, I apologize, but you guys did a really good job. I'm so thankful that you would do that. And, uh, you know, maybe at some point when we start doing live podcasts, because we can actually, we have the ability to do that. We can do live podcasts. We don't have mm-hmm. to do recording. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe we'll get, we'll get better at that. I don't yeah. know. We'll see what happens. We're getting there. We're, yeah. A little bit at a time. Yep. I mean, we started out with, with one microphone, right? Did we? I, something like that. Well, because okay. we just started out in the prayer room. Right. And then from that, that one day that we just said, okay, that's a podcast. Oh, I remember yeah. that. You yeah. tricked me. Yeah. I remember that. I'm like, I just, uh, Pastor Gary, just start talking. We'll just go from there. Yeah. Yeah. You you actually said we're going to test the mic. Yeah. And then we just. And then just start talking. <laughs> and then and then after 15 or 50 minutes, you're like, okay, that's a take. Yeah. That's a wrap. I'm like, what? what I thought we happened? were practicing. I yeah, thought right. we were just checking the microphone. You're like, no, that's a show. <laughs> that's a show. We just did it. That's a show. It's like the Seinfeld. Yeah. Yeah. It's about nothing, but that's a show. There yeah. we go. All right. So that was the question. Uh, what was that word? How do you pronounce it? And everybody did it. And uh, so we have the the hat, the golden hat. Okay. So them. this is at the end of the month drawing for the swag. Yes. Okay. And we're really, really rooting. I got one person in mind that I hope wins. Who, who is it? It's Mary. Mary. Okay. Yeah. I really want, I'm really hoping that Mary will win. We'll see what okay, it is. Here we go. We've got the paper in front of me. Mary. Mary wins. No joke. That's for real. That's awesome. Yeah. Mary, you win. Mary, you're a winner. You have a choice now. Uh, this big prize, you can either get the podcast uh, speaker or you can get the Tony I will. I will. I, so I had um, Wednesday Night Live meal a couple weeks ago with Mary yeah. at the table, and I'm pretty sure she's going to go for the speaker. You think she's going to go to the speaker? That she said, you know what? I went to the beach and I had no music because I had no speaker. Oh, so, well. Anyways, this, this is great. Is, Mary, that's awesome. Right yeah. Well, this is a, a beach-friendly speaker. Yeah, for sure. It's like totally cool. Congratulations, and, Mary. Yeah, congratulations on that. You did well. Thank you for uh, sending all your responses into uh, our podcast to get that. And uh, also, just so you know, we have new swag coming. We have the uh, Jesus Hugs You uh, bracelets that are coming. Okay. And uh, it's a it's a Jesus that wraps his arms around your wrist, and you can wear them around and remind yourself that you're not alone. Yesterday, I was hanging out with this uh, person that uh, I spend time with often, and um, they had a T-shirt on that said, uh, God's children are not for sale, and it was a human trafficking shirt. Oh, that's I'm good. like, oh my gosh, we got to get some of we those. We get some of those, yeah. 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 And we still, we have not printed our podcast uh t-shirts yet but we're working on that we're just waiting for you know pastor matt to uh get some free time okay the guy seems to always be gone and uh we got to get him to Mr. world traveler yeah we got to get him to talk to our whoever he talks to uh-huh. omar in new york that can print him up you know in his basement or something i've got some uh swag coming for the facilities team okay yep got some giant harbor light uh Ooh. t-shirts for them and then i have my revolution shirts uh we got a special order Ooh. requests uh so we got a bunch of those coming I, I heard, I remember we had a conversation at one point we're getting Harbor Light shirts for staff. Is that still happening? Yeah. I've got, I got some t-shirts coming for oh, you. Oh yeah. Here we go. Yep. I, you know, I like a good t-shirt with a, you know, name on it. Right. Yeah. You know how I am. I mean, I got Harbor Light shirts and I, all those stuff. I would think they'd be here by next week. So it should be good. It depends. You know, it's, it's funny because you pay for Prime and Amazon. Yeah. My wife is learning this for the, you know, the, the coffee connection. Right. Uh, and it says two day shipping. That doesn't mean anything anymore. No, you're, you're paying for, I don't even know what you're paying for. Right. Yeah. It doesn't come in two days. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're just kind of just giving the money for prime. Um, that's beside the point. Sorry. A little sidetrack, getting a little <laughs> upset about that, you know, <laughs> anyways. Um, so, uh, we have a question for this week in Mark chapter seven, Pastor Gary, what is the question for, for the, for the week, the, this week's this question. Week's question. Yes. Um, it will not be from Mark seven, but, um, I do have a question in my mind. Okay, here we go. Okay. So what is it that dogs eat? that fall from the table. Oh, there we go. 
That is a good one. And I would like the um, I would like the actual item mm-hmm. as well as the reference or you know what is it what does that represent? That's what I'm looking for. Oh, what so, is the item and what does it represent? Yeah. All right. Well, if you have the answer to that, you can send it to harborlightbibletrivia at gmail.com. All lowercase harborlightbibletrivia at gmail.com. And let us know if you have the answer to that. And again, we want to say congratulations, Mary. Mary, good job. You won. You, you finally held, did you it. You held out. But don't, I know. don't stop listening just because you got the swag. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think she, she would. She said she likes the show a lot. So yeah, it kind of, she says she uh, thinks that you and I are kind of funny, which I've never been accused of that before. I'm told I'm the opposite of that. Yeah, so. I am too. I don't, my jokes kind of land flat. I tried to that the other day. I was sitting around with a bunch of guys and I had this joke that I've been working on all week because uh-huh. I heard it somewhere. I put it out there and everybody just kind of stares at me like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's funny. Nice. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. So I, I quit doing that. I quit okay. giving jokes. Anyways, we're going to take an ID break. We'll be right back. The more podcasts I want you to know. God more deeply, find lasting freedom, discover your destiny, and make an eternal difference. You're listening to more podcast. Well, we're going to get ready to get into our Bible talk. And of course, as we've been talking up to this point, we've been in a series on Sunday called Unjesus Like Jesus. And last week weekend, Pastor Gary talked about spit and wet willies. Yes, spitballs and wet willies. Spitballs and wet willies. Out of Mark chapter 7, verse 31 through 37. Uh, and it's uh, it's an interesting story, an interesting uh, conversation that Jesus has with the person who finds himself in a, in a healing situation, needed some help. Pastor Gary, could you give us an introduction to this text? Yeah, um, this particular text is probably one of the more unique uh, miracles that we see Jesus uh, perform or have recorded for us in the Gospels, and uh, which this uh, a man who was uh, deaf and also would be considered uh, mute, even though he mm-hmm. could communicate a little bit with his uh, words with the most people couldn't understand what he was saying. Yeah. And uh, so he comes to Jesus, or actually his friends bring him to Jesus, and uh, and Jesus takes him aside and then puts his fingers in his ears <laughs> and then spits on his tongue yeah. and then looks up into heaven and prays, says, be open, and the man is able then to be able to hear and to speak perfectly. The scripture yeah. literally says perfectly. And uh, so we made reference or made note of the fact that his hearing was healed, <laughs> his speech was healed, and that his mind, his brain capability of being able to enunciate the words perfectly um, all took place at that moment. That is so, uh, the whole scene playing out is so funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. In the second service, we had a lot of fun with it because I had a volunteer jump up and they helped me with the first couple of parts. And then I went and read the scripture part where he sticks the finger in the ear and spits <laughs> on the tongue. And the guy's eyes got like this big. That <laughs> we were going to demonstrate that. Yeah, and I'm right. like, you might want to sit down at this point. Yeah. What, what? Uh, you can do what now? Yeah. Uh, there's a, it was funny because there's a video I saw on uh, one of the like Instagram and there's a guy that had uh, those implants put in for hearing. Yeah. Yeah. 
And uh, he had basically just heard for the first time and his wife was sitting next to him and she was all excited, ecstatic, and she's just screaming, hollering. And the guys, you know, the doctor's like, can you hear? Are you hearing well? And he's like, yeah, but there's this really awful noise in my ears right now. <laughs> and he's like, turn it off. I don't want them on anymore. Take them off. And, and the woman's like, honey, you're, you're healed and all this other stuff. And I'm thinking, as I'm reading that text, I'm thinking, this guy's like, <laughs> I'm hearing my wife for the first time. Oh, what no. am I going to do? Oh, no. Yeah, my wife's going to kill me for saying that. Yes. Anyways. Uh, so it's interesting. And, and as we get to verse 31, uh, we've been noticing a lot of things that Jesus has been doing around Galilee, a lot of places that, that he's been doing some good work. Um, why do you think, and I know we, this is kind of off script a little bit, but why do you think Jesus was so intent on this one area? It just seems to be traveling around the lake. Yeah, it's on the north, uh, you know, kind of the northeast side of the Galilee. Yeah. And uh, and it says that Jesus leaves and goes through, uh, you know, Tyre, mm-hmm. and then down through Sidon. And so he's made this big 100-mile loop. Yeah. Um, up to the north and over to the east. And um, I kind of wonder about it because this weekend's talk is going to take place in that same region. Yeah, yeah. So yes, Jesus spent a lot of time there, and it was a Gentile area. Yeah. And um, and the people were pretty receptive yeah. to the work of Jesus. And so I think um, even though Jesus was called to minister to Israel first, yeah. it didn't mean he didn't minister outside right. of that as well. And uh yeah, you kind of wonder about that. Do you have insider information? Well, that's on? that's what I was thinking. I think one of my arguments for that is that you know Jesus said that he was come to to uh, open the eyes of Israel, mm-hmm. uh, that was a prophetic word for him. I think that there's also the same thing there where he's like we talked about the Sunday that I preached, showing the compromises that were happening within the nation as well. Yeah, and uh, they had sort of uh, mingled in with all these other places. And so, you know, even though we have a large population of Gentiles that are, are obviously moving in the area, mm-hmm. it's still a Jewish, still Jewish territory. Yeah. And yet we have all this stuff happening. So I think that, you know, for me personally, I look at it as two sided, like he mm-hmm. obviously was doing, fulfilling his prophecy, but also was using it as a ministry opportunity to show, Hey, you guys are off, you know, you're off the reservation. This is not good. What's happening here. Yeah. Because you've been over to Israel mm-hmm. and you, you can see all the synagogues that are around that area that have popped up that they would put there. And, and, uh, one of the texts of Pharisees, uh, Josephus brings this out. One of the Pharisees said they don't like to go there because there's so much sin and debauchery happening there. Okay. And so the Pharisees would hardly ever go in that area Yeah, because they didn't want to be around all that junk. And so mm-hmm. whoever served in the synagogues, it's kind of like being in the ghetto mm-hmm. in a sense, spiritually. Okay. And they didn't want to be around there. So I, this I would be modern think, day Lebanon is kind of what we're yeah, talking about. And I'm thinking that a lot of that has to do with, you know, just Jesus saying, Hey, you know what? I, you're going to hear the message because mm-hmm. when I die on the cross, you're going to know obviously what's going on, but yeah. Uh, you know, getting out there, but it is just amazing to me how you look at the area that Jesus ministered in. It is not that big. It's like going around Little Traverse Bay mm-hmm. and hitting all the towns or the little locations around Little Traverse Bay. Yeah. And then along that area, you have all these little synagogues where people are trying to still mm-hmm. operate as Jews. But yeah, it was just uh, it was a, it was a it yeah. was a trek. I know you weren't able to be there, but um, I made a connection from when your last message, mm-hmm. the man who gets set free, free from thousand demons, he's told to then go tell everybody. Yeah, right. Stay home and tell everybody. And then here we are, about thirty to sixty days later. Yeah. Jesus has now come to this area. Everyone is primed and ready yep. to receive the healing that they need. It's in the same exact location. Yeah. And uh, so I, I was able to help connect those two together. That's good. And what was really fun is I didn't plan that on purpose. Holy Spirit put the series together in the order yeah. in which it went, and that was the appropriate miracle right after the, your your miracle. Isn't that so good how he does yeah, that? You it's know, wonderful. That's the second time in this series that that has happened. Yeah, and it happened to you the another series, too, right. where it just kind of dovetailed, and you're like, I didn't even realize this was happening until I started you know, studying it. Yeah. Right. Well, you know, because there's a, there's a common thread. There's a common line 
that we see in scripture that sometimes, you know, we don't always catch, but Holy Spirit does it on purpose because obviously there's a big picture that needs to be facilitated and brought out. And I think uh, I'm glad that you're really sensitive when Holy Spirit does that. But, uh, you know, it's a good a good example of this is when Jesus is ministering in this area, uh, doing what he's doing. Uh, the theme obviously was healing and demon possession. Yeah. It seems to be the big, the big thing there. Yeah. But, uh, you know, that stuff didn't happen just overnight. It was mm-hmm. because there was a lot of things that were going on in those communities and places. And, and I think it really speaks to our now situation yeah. is that if we allow those things to happen in our lives as well, we're going to be in the same boat. Hey, I'll right? t- I'll t- tell you as my pastor friend get ready yeah with all the demonic activity that we have allowed in this country mm-hmm. via tv movies books entertainment all that kind of stuff get ready there's going to be a lot more demonic attack yeah and uh and we as a church better be ready to do some spiritual warfare well and, and you're so right because i mean look at look at how the compromise is affecting our nation now right mm-hmm. i mean i can remember in my lifetime where you know churches were respected pastors were respected uh, the idea of being a Christian was respected. If you told somebody you were a Christian, you were held to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. Uh, today, uh, people don't look at us any different than, you know, Joe Schmo down the street. Mm-hmm. It's like uh, they've seen the compromise and hypocrisy so badly executed within our society that they, they just think, well, you know, whatever, that's just your flavor of the month kind of thing, whatever it is. But we don't, we're not really held to a higher standard anymore. Yeah. And so people can just do whatever. I mean, we got pastors that are saying, hypocritical things yep. from the pulpit blasphemous. Uh, blasphemous things from the pulpit mm-hmm. and uh yeah it's just unreal what is happening here and a lot of it has to do with a compromise that's not only affected the nation that of, of non-believers but the believers themselves mm-hmm. where you've opened the door and said hey you know it's not so bad yeah. you know and it, it seems to be a perfect weapon of the, of the devil right to kind of move into our lives with stuff that seems so you know not, it's not a big deal right mm-hmm. but uh i don't know my you know it's funny my dad uh he was, you know, a pastor for 35 years and he always used to preach every now and then about the, the, the evil of TV and how it's affected the family and how once TV started coming into the home, a lot of things started changing as far as the structure of the home. And I'm like, eh, you know, I, I kind of like, well, whatever, you know, MTV is not that bad. Right. You know? <laughs> and then I'm like, wow, there's a lot. Now that my eyes are, you know, as an older person, I'm like, mm-hmm. wow, there's a lot of stuff. It's going all about on perspective, isn't it? It is. And I know you're noticing that with your grandkids, you know, yep. just the cartoons that seem to be so innocent. You're like, wait a minute, that's not innocent at all. You exactly. know? Yeah. Exactly. There's yeah. a, yeah. There's a whole agenda behind every cartoon. Oh my gosh. You know, the other day, my son was showing me this cartoon just trying to bring it up to my attention. He's like, Hey, watch this. And I'm sitting there watching it. And Basically, the assumption is that these two girls are they are, they like each other. Okay, and it's a kids kids cartoon. Like it's for little kids right. in grade school. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "You got to be kidding me!" And they they don't you know they don't ever show any physical connection with each other. But the conversations are, yeah, they like each other. Yep. And I'm thinking, there's some family out there that's putting their kids in front of that, and saying, "Hey, you know what? Let's let's let Bobby watch this show and let's see what happens." Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Pastor Gary, uh, so what did you learn about this man that? Uh, people brought to Jesus in the text that you think is interesting? Yeah, so um, I, I I really felt like it was um, really interesting that he could still speak a little bit, mm-hmm. okay, and that was a, a big deal. Um, I felt like also some of the things that kind of stood out, stood out to me were some of the reasons that Jesus did what he did in this particular time, um, you know, sticking his fingers in mm-hmm. his ears. So what was happening was people who were, uh, you know, born deaf and or were mute, uh, they were considered second-class yeah. citizens. They were also considered to be mentally challenged, even though they could be highly intelligent people. Yeah. Um, like they, the, like they, 
you couldn't communicate with them, and so people just disregarded them. Yeah. And uh, so when Jesus comes and he actually puts his fingers in his ear, he's putting his finger on the problem. Mm-hmm. Not, you know, he didn't put it on his head right. or his brain. He I put like it that. on his ear to touch. This is the point that needs healing. Yeah. And you still have value, right? And yeah. then, of course, touching the tongue as well was doing the same thing. That's a good um, insight. I, I yeah. really, really felt like that was important because he's also, he's taken the man to the side. Jesus took the man away from the crowd mm-hmm. and he's given him that personal face-to-face con- connection with Jesus. Jesus didn't heal him as a part of a prayer line. Right. He didn't do it in a mass movement. He did it one-on-one. So he's adding value back to this man that had been taken away from him by society. And he's also identifying where the real problem was. And then he, he looks up into heaven, but he does use the saliva because this man was a Gentile. Mm-hmm. The Gentiles at that time felt like saliva had some healing properties. Mm-hmm. So he's saying, look, look here, this is going to be healing. Yeah. This is the saliva, but he looks up into heaven and he's saying, this is where the real healing comes from. Right. And he was giving this man what we call a touch point, mm-hmm. a place he can anchor his faith to, yeah. to believe for what's going to happen next. That's good. And uh, so those are some of the things that were most interesting um, as I studied about this guy. I, I think uh was interesting, like you just pointed out, the guy got pulled aside. Um, do you think sometimes that uh, Jesus would do that? Because he did it in a couple other occasions where he'd kick people out of the room or he'd do something like that. Uh, do you think that uh, the connection had to be that way because maybe the, the faith of the people surrounding may have been you know, lackluster, like, oh, really, you're going to do something like this for this guy? Yeah, I think environments are super important. Yeah. And I think environments take place uh, in a crowd. Yeah. But there's an environment that takes place inside of your heart as well, or inside of your family, or the people that you're in close relationship with. You want to create an environment that is receptive, anticipating, and expecting yeah. a miracle to take place. And if there are people who are just kind of viewing it for entertainment and or scoffing or laughing about it, um, they actually can shut down. Yeah. Um, that can have an an impact on the the efficiency or the the level of healing that can take place that reverts back to Mark chapter six when Jesus yeah. went to his hometown and he can only help you heal a few people because of their unbelief or their disbelief. Yeah, and, and that's a good point you brought up there. I remember seeing that many times in the Gospels where Jesus mm-hmm. is like that. You know, these people are not believing. I can't really do anything here. Right. I think that's uh, it's interesting because you think about it in our, our modern day context when we pray for people and and you've noticed this and I've noticed this when people come up for prayer. You know, one of the things you ask them is, you know, are you, do you believe that God can do this? You know, you're, mm-hmm. you're asking them where they're at in their faith journey. What, what do they see? Or if they're coming up there, you're like, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, you know. This this has happened to me, and I'm sure it happens to you. Uh, someone will come up, and I'll be like, all right, I, I want to pray for you. What are we praying about? And they're mm-hmm. like, well, you know, I need healing. I'm like, all right, great. Tell mm-hmm. me tell me where. Tell me why. Tell me how. Yeah. Right? Let's put some words to this. Okay, I need a healing here because of this. All right, now. Let's pray specifically for that one particular yeah. thing. And um, now you've put words to it, and your faith has, you know, your words have activated power oh, yeah. connected to faith. Yeah, I think people don't always understand that. And, and you know, a lot of times when you, you pray for people, they just send up these ambiguous prayers for things, and they wonder why things will happen. And, and, and I think it's like a conversation that you and I have in a regular situation is that, mm-hmm. you know, I can't have an ambiguous conversation with you that doesn't really give you any detail because how do you respond? How do you deal with it? And it's not like God does not know, mm-hmm. but I think it's the, the whole mechanism, how God set it up for, for a it, purpose. It's a fun conversation. Yeah. We talked about those two Greek words that are connected to Jesus healing power. Um, one of them is the kind where um, they pray uh, in, there has to be faith, that activates it. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was the therapeo word or therapy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Jesus says, "Stretch out your hand, yeah. get up and walk." 
So just kind of a fun conversation between two pastors. When is the man healed who gets up and walks? Yeah. Is, it, is he healed before he gets up and walks or as he gets up and walks? That's good. Yeah, good conversation. It's a great conversation, yeah. right? Because so, I think Jesus yeah. says you're healed and the man continues to lay there. It's not going to happen. Right. Yeah. So the power is still in God's hands, but it's activated when I take the step of faith to stand up or stretch out my withered hand or make a confession that my diabetes is gone. Right. Yeah. When you, when you move in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think, uh, you know, we, we grew up in a time uh, apparently where, you know, that stuff was kind of maybe stretched and mm-hmm. <laughs> meandered a little bit made, yeah. uh, you know, manipulate a little bit. So it's a little, uh, grandiose, but, mm-hmm. uh, name it, name it, claim it, name it, claim it. Yeah. And I, and I think we got to get back to the fact that, you know, there's, there's a reason for why that even started to begin with, even though it kind of got crazy, yep. but you, you should be speaking those words in faith because our words, uh, obviously are the, sort of the, the voice of our heart, our spirit man uh, mm-hmm. speaking, you know, it's what out of the, out of our heart, our mouth speaks. Mm-hmm. And uh, so we've got to definitely get grounded in, in this idea. And I think when people come to him to get healed, uh, they, they really believe that this, yeah, this guy's going to do it. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's true for us today. I mean, when you come for prayer on Sunday or you come to get healing or whatever, uh, you want to come up there ready to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, this is going to happen. Yep. This is not just going to be a, you know, possibility. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's it's a really crucial part of it, and I think that's what we see happening here over and over again with Jesus. Yeah, in this situation, it was really fun. I mean, th- these are you know a few short verses, but you c- you can grab a lot of stuff out of it. So so, what are the three things uh, that Jesus did to this man? You mentioned that he did something with his fingers. Is yeah, yep. yep. Number one, he pulls him aside. Mm-hmm. Number two, he touches him on the areas that need healing. Mm-hmm. Number three, he uh, points his vision towards heaven. Yeah. Uh, and number four, he um, heals the man. Yeah. Right. So those are four incredible things that uh, I was only thinking of three, but you got four there. Yeah. 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 What What do you think? What was the What was the significance of each of those things? You just mentioned a little bit about it, mm-hmm. but you said that putting the the finger on his ears was a very specific thing, right? Because yeah. it was pointing number, to the number, problem. Number one, taking him apart, showing he has value, he gets yeah. God's attention, and uh, creating the environment for the the miracle to take place. Yeah. Number two, touching the actual points that need the healing. Yeah. Number three, looking up to heaven as the source of the healing. Uh, and number four, um, telling the man. Now I don't want you to tell anybody about this. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> Which is the humor of the thing. Yeah. That was to me the most funny part of the entire message. Right? It wasn't yeah. funny that he spit it on his tongue. I mean, it's kind yeah. of funny, but that's not the real humor. The real humor is you came here and you couldn't speak. Right now you can speak, and now I'm telling you, please don't speak. Yeah, that's the humor. <laughs> <laughs> it, it seems like whenever he'd say that to somebody, mm-hmm. they would do the opposite, right? Absolutely. And I think I think Jesus kind of knew that was going to happen, obviously. Right, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's kind of like an insider's joke with Jesus. Like, yeah, I'm telling you not to do this, but right. you're going to go right, and do right, it anyways. Right, yeah. Right. yeah. Um, and I think that's uh, interesting with this guy. You know, it's kind of hard to keep those kind of things quiet anyways, you know, when something's happened. But I think what's interesting with Jesus, a lot of times when he heals somebody, he'd always tell them to go get verification as well. To, to prove that, you know, yeah. this was something legit that for, actually happened. For the people of Israel, there yeah. was a, a whole protocol of things they had yeah. to do. They had to go to the priest who was ac- operating as the doctor yeah, and uh, get checked and make, make sure that the healing was actually true. Legit. And yeah. had taken place. And then to get the stamp of approval that you can re-engage with a society. Yeah, especially for things like leprosy and those kind of things as well. Right. Uh, so the man, uh, he gets healed and he heads off and starts telling people about it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think, uh, what's interesting about that whole thing is that, 
uh, that seems to be the the byproduct when God gets involved. I think I've never heard of anybody that's been healed or has gone through something like that and keep their mouth shut about it. But uh, we've seen some amazing healings here. I think you mentioned that somebody was healed here a few weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, one of the things they, they did was they were telling their coworkers about what had happened, and, and it was an interesting yeah. thing to see happen there. But, I think I think it's yeah. important for us. Um, I really had fun uh, then going to the six places in the book of Mark where he says, listen, don't tell anybody. Yeah. Right? And um, when you jump over to Luke chapter uh, 9, verse 18, we get the answer of why Jesus would tell people, please don't tell anyone mm-hmm. what just happened. And it's because we don't want to get stuck with Jesus just being the healer. Right. And not our Savior. And uh, a lot of people would be, you know, hey, this guy gives free meals or this guy heals mm-hmm. or whatever it is. But then they don't go that extra step to say, hey, this person is the Savior of my soul. Yeah. You know, and um, we need we need that as well. And so I think many times these people are going to be excited talking about what Jesus did for them. And, hey, he can do this for you. But they hadn't had that salvation experience yet. So, I mean, this is kind of off script again. So would you say that, a lot of times when Jesus was healing, it was for the sole purpose of bringing the redemption story a little bit further. Mm-hmm. Or do you think that, that Jesus did it because he, he's mentioned many times he filled compassion to heal. Yeah. Um, do you think that it was mainly for, for redemption then? I, I do. I do feel like he has compassion on people. He wants to take care of your, your hurts and, and the things that have happened in your life for sure. Mm-hmm. Right. But that's, that's just the stepping stone towards what he really wants to do, which is to, to, to set you free from the bondages of sin. Yeah. And we see where Jesus actually says, listen, I'm going to hand out these meals and I know you're going to come back tomorrow hungry again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. This is more than just the meal. This is more than just the healing. This is about you being set set free from sin. Yeah, that's because when you when you think about it, when we mentioned that passage of scripture is in Matthew where he says, "By your stripes you're healed." Mm-hmm. Um, it, to me, it's it's obviously connected to the cross. It's obviously connected to the redemption uh, story. But to me, sometimes it feels like when we talk about healing, you know, it's people will come because they don't want to deal with obviously the, the crisis of the problem. So they want to get healed, which is fine. Yep. Uh, nothing wrong with that. But what's the end result of that healing? What is the end result of uh, what we're moving forward now? You've been healed. What do you do with it? Yeah. It almost seems like there's a purpose. There's for it. real practical applications to the, 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 the meaning behind this. Mm-hmm. Uh, when we do missions work, right? Yeah. We're handing out cold cups of water to people who are thirsty. We're yeah. handing out healing to people that need medicine. We're, we're, Stacking firewood for for people that need heat and source in the wind yeah. wintertime, right? Um, but that isn't the end, right? Right. We want you to know God more deeply, yeah. Right. That's the reason I'm doing this is to show you God's love. Now let me tell you about God's love. Yeah. All right. Now, when it comes to missions work, I've run into a lot of people who don't want to stack the firewood or hand out the medicine mm-hmm. because. For them, only what matters is salvation. Right, yeah. Okay? Now, it's both. The gospel is two parts, healing for your body and healing for your soul. Yeah. You need both parts, right? Yeah. Don't do one without the other. And so that's important. So yeah. we do find real application to this principle that Jesus is putting in place here. And I think this was interesting with our program that we do for missions. Um, Pastor Amy calls it do love. Yes. Which I think is it's a very profound statement. Mm-hmm. It's not only that... Um, you love with compassion, but we're also that love is in incorporating the fact of we want to share the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so when you we go on these missions trip, it's it's not just like you just said, one sided. Mm-hmm. Do love means we show the full full spectrum of God's love, which is maybe healing and 
also bringing, uh, you know, compassion and help. Um, and I think that's a, an important thing to think about, especially I just watched some of the pictures from Alaska. You see a lot of that. They were stacking wood, doing things for people that couldn't get it done before the winter hit. Yeah. Pastor Amy said they worked super hard on this particular yeah. trip with very practical things, yeah. firewood and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you're helping out tremendously. Hopefully that gives us then the opportunity for an open door to be able to share about the love of Christ. Right. And we had to step through that. Um, one of the questions that I put on the bottom of the outline this mm-hmm. particular week is why why is it our tendency as humans to get stuck on Jesus as the healer and not the savior? Well, that's good. Your, your thoughts on that? Uh, is Jesus the healer? Well, because I think that's something that we personally want to have, you know, relief of. If you're going through a personal issue, you know, you want to get that taken care of. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's why sometimes that's our focus, right? Because it's the immediate issue, the immediate problem at hand. Yep. Um, but I think that uh, sometimes we forget the fact that, okay, so if I'm coming to Christ to do this, to get the healing, to be made whole again, mm-hmm. what, what, is my re- what is my reaction? What is my response to that, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think that's sometimes where we kind of miss the boat, right? Yeah. Our response is, thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to go back to my old life and do what I've been doing before now that I feel better. Mm-hmm. And it's really, there's nothing very deep that happened in that situation. And I think you brought that up with some of the other passages you referenced with, you know, people come to Jesus for food, come to Jesus for healing, and then they would go away and they like, hey, thanks a lot. You know, when Jesus healed the leper, right? Mm-hmm. Only one of them came back. The other ones just kind of just took off. And that made that made Jesus headlines. Right. And it's, it's you know, I think sometimes we, we look at him and we say, oh, okay, I've been healed. I'm, I'm good. And we keep it to ourselves. But man, that's the power of what Jesus does. When transformation happens, it shouldn't be transformation just for you and your own edification. It should be a possibility to transform other people's lives and change their own perspective. And I think that's what you see, like when you, the text you've been bringing up here, yeah. is that it moves in that direction. So uh, for me personally, I, I think that there always seemed to be sort of like this um, divine agenda moving towards this idea of redemption. But I, I don't exclude the fact that people should you know go to God to get healed. But I think when you come to get healed, you know, what is, what is my response going to be? Right. Mm -hmm. And he showed us that all through the old Testament is that when God would act on behalf of the people, uh, the response should always be glorifying God, bringing praise to God. That was automatic. It should have been automatic. Mm -hmm. And, um, unfortunately, you know, we see people that don't take it that way. So we have lots of different things that are at play here, um, that can go off the rails. Yeah. You know, number one, I'm not going to do social justice or social help, uh, without the gospel. Well, that's that's partly true, but right. Yeah. Or I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do any social work, and only do the gospel. Right. Well, again, goes off the rails. You got to have both. Right. Yeah. Then there are those people who are like, "Hey, if you heal me, then then I've got to give my life to Jesus." Yeah. There's a string mm-hmm. attached. Well, I want to let you know that Jesus wants to heal you just because you need it, but you should be responding towards right. Him on the deeper level. So there's lots of things that can uh, are at play. And I think they all make up the perfect recipe when they're put in the yes. appropriate amounts, yeah. right? But you don't want to make the recipe without some all the ingredients in the right amounts at the right times and yeah. all the instructions that come along with it. So yes, I want to I want to help people that need their firewood stacked. I want to I want to step through the opportunity for them to say, why are you doing this? And say, well, it's because Christ loves me, um, and I'm I'm doing this because Christ loves you. But I, you know, I'm just going to hope that you want to have more of a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. So, yeah, there's lots at play here, and it can go off the rails when yeah. we don't get it in the proper recipe, in the proper amounts, at the proper times. I I heard a pastor. I don't. Maybe it was maybe it was you uh, talking about the blue jean gospel. This idea that you know the gospel that we operate in is the idea that we put on our blue jeans and we go and we serve Jesus in that way, which is the idea that we're not afraid to get dirty, not afraid to get 
in the midst of a situation to bring healing both spiritually and physically. Mm-hmm. And, and I think we practice that very well here. I mean, we see it operating on multiple levels. And it's something that we should uh, constantly keep telling ourselves. This is just as much a part of the gospel as anything else. Like you just said, bringing mm-hmm. somebody cold water, mm-hmm. giving them food, stacking their wood, whatever it is, is just as much a part of the redemption story as sharing uh, the love of Jesus with them and what eternity should look like. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, I, I think it's so beautiful um, especially here, you, you know, people will work in the coffee connection or they'll do janitorial work or whatever it is that we do here or helping a neighbor or doing whatever it is. And the attitude, I think you've done well to, to train us that that is just as much important as anything else because it opens the avenue and door to do that. And I think Jesus was, was brilliant. He was a genius at it. Obviously he's perfect at doing it, mm-hmm. but he would set the stage for the possibility of them to, to then activate it in themselves because when that healing transformation happens, we are empowered to do way more than we ever did before because we're not now encumbered by the problem, the sin and the sickness and whatever it is. Now we're free to do whatever we need to do. And, and God constantly is stoking that fire in our faith saying, Hey, look at you were healed. You were changed. And it makes the message so much more powerful when we share it with people like, you know, mm-hmm. I was blind or was deaf or whatever, whatever it is. That story becomes so much more impactful than anything else. And the testimony becomes, you know, 10 times better, you know, yeah, for yeah. people, but it's amazing. Uh, so we're going into, uh, this is the last Sunday for this series. This coming Sunday will be the last. So yes. what are we talking about this Sunday? Uh, this one is, uh, calling a woman, a dog. Jesus oh, calls man. a woman, a dog. <laughs> and so we're going to talk about that. And There'll be a lot of husbands with their heads down. Yeah, and, uh, we're going to, yeah. we're going to do that. And, uh, I'm already studying up and on it and it's super fun. And, uh, just amazing. And it, and again, the Holy Spirit has put this thing together yeah. in a beautiful way that I wasn't even aware of. And so that's how good he is. Oh, this is going to be good. I, yeah. I cannot wait for you to, to bring this one up. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll be I'll be sitting there and I'll be trying to watch to make sure no uh, slam, hand slaps come against me or whatever. Okay. Uh, yeah, those are kind of the texts where you're like, mm, this is going to be kind of good, you know. Yeah. Uh, is there a chance you might owe Lisa K 20 bucks this Sunday? And uh, I will avoid that at, You're all, avoid costs. It at yeah. all costs. Yeah. Uh, you get, to, I, I think you get a chance to see a little more of Jesus sarcasm yeah. in this message coming up. And he was very sarcastic. I, I, I see lots of evidence for it as I read it. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, one of the things I had, a, uh, one time I had a professor that talked about it and I had never saw it before ever. Mm-hmm. And he was talking about how sarcastic Jesus was. And he shows you in the original language and he's like, if we read it like the way it was originally written, yeah, it sounds like this, like it would be a sarcasm today. And I, I thought that was so, so funny because then after he said that, now every time I read the Bible, I'm like, this uh, is sarcastic Jesus right here. I'm pretty sure this is sarcastic Jesus. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so I, I've done I this, love it. I've done this message before and it'll be fun to be able to do it again. Um, the posture and the position of Jesus when yeah. he says what he says also plays a very big role in this. This is going to be good. Yeah. And so this is the last one. Yep. Now, is it possible to, you know what your next series is going to be? Yeah, my next series, um, I haven't titled it all the way yet, but it's basically when culture and the Bible collide. Culture and the Bible collide. I like that. Yeah. So so what's happening in our world? What does the Bible have to say about it? And we're at, at you know, they're at, yeah. at odds. And so we're going to stick to the word of God. So when culture and what's happening in culture collides with the Bible. That's going to be good. That's yeah. going to be a good series. And I've got some hot, hot, <laughs> very hot topics in that particular Oh, one. here we go. I read them to the staff yesterday at the staff meeting, and I, I definitely got some people interested in that. Yeah. Um, number one was uh, Sex Gone Wild. Oh, well, that was boy. one of them. That's going to be a good one. And um, we're going to be talking about that. We're going to be talking about uh, Trans I Am. We're going to okay. be talking about that one. And uh, and then we have other ones like what is a woman? 
Oh. And uh, <laughs> what is a woman? You say? Yep. What is a woman? Oh, here we go. Yep. And uh, it, this is going to be a good one. It's kind of it's called Tic Tac. Time is running out. Okay. The, the influence that technology is having on our life yeah. and how it's pointing us to the fact that Jesus is coming back soon. I like it. So those are just some of the ones. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I think these are great uh, headings for uh, sermons. I mean, you're, you're, you're the pro at that, you know, come up with these headers. I mean, I didn't come up with pigs could fly for my message. You came up with that title and uh, I didn't even, I didn't even think about that. And I'm like, it actually works pretty well. Yeah. Uh, but we also have to say that you and I are going to be teaching Wednesday night live. Yes. Yeah, come on out and be a part of that. Tell us a little bit about yours. Uh, I'm going to be teaching apologetics, which is basically not not arguing your faith, mm-hmm. but understanding your faith well enough to where you can make a statement. Yep. You can refute things that are coming against you. And we came yeah. up with a really t- catch a title for that. Would you remember what it was? I, you know what I don't. Yeah, Locked and Loaded. Locked and Loaded. That's what yep. it was. Yes, thank you. Yep. Locked and Loaded is going to be the title for that. Remind me of that so I can make okay. sure I get on the flyers. Right. Locked and Loaded. And then you are going to be teaching class. Mine's back to science class. Back to science class. So, if you know, this will be your second chance to take science when you didn't pay attention right. back in high school <laughs> now you're going to get a chance to do it again but we're going to do it from uh, the biblical standpoint so I like we got videos that we're going to watch and have discussion uh based on those videos it's going to so be great professor gary is going to be showing there we go up. i, I should come with my little white lab coat. i think you should get an honorary doctorate after that six mm. weeks mm-hmm. I, I mean i'll pull one in for you get an honorary doctorate <laughs> for all you kind we'll uh, get you set up with them be dr dr gary okay yeah there you go i mean hey if our president can get a doctorate, you can get a doctorate. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. But yours is a little more so important. So Lisa Kay and I are going to team teach this one together. Awesome. And uh, so we've watched these videos and we're really impressed with them. And uh, so we'll be uh, showing those on Wednesday nights in the main sanctuary. I love it. And uh, which will be great because then we'll put it up on the big screen and people can watch the video together. And then we'll lead the discussions afterwards and it should be quite lively and fun. I think it would be good. I think those, I think it's well needed, especially with uh, all the thing, things we're dealing with right now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it for us on our podcast. Again, thanks for listening to us and, and spending this this hour uh, of your time uh, listening to all the things that God's been uh, laying on our hearts. And we look forward to seeing you next week. Until we see each other again, may God bless you. We want you to know, find, discover, change with us. More podcast ending transmission now. 